1: And a touchdown!
2: Fell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown! Big return for Crowder! 85 yards! Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone, it's caught! Incredible play by Darnold! He'll hit, hit immediately You he got the handoff. You know
1: and that? <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh!
4: Listen,
5: thank you.
4: From the TOJ Digital Studio This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At PlayLikeAJet1 And with everything going on Around the Jets right now So much in the way of media reports This is where I'm so happy To have a friend who can Cut through the mustard So to speak And tell us what's really going on Who's leaking what Where this is coming from What it all means He is of course my buddy John Grella of Protean Public Affairs John, thanks so much for coming back On the show buddy
6: Uh, I'm glad to be back
4: I am glad to have you But I'm also not happy that this has to happen Because generally, whenever you come on It's because the Jets are doing something that they shouldn't be doing Or there's some terrible situation around the team And that's kind of where we're at right now So I'm always pleased to speak to you But I wish that we could do it under better circumstances
6: That's right Well, crisis communicators always talk about that you can't lament the crisis when it's your moneymaker, right? So, um, I'm I'm happy to be here for you uh, and and share some insight. If that eases the pain or allays some of the confusion about what's going on, but um, we're we're surely making a habit of it.
4: <laughs> That's for damn sure. We did this with Jamal Adams quite a bit, and I wanted to know. About what's going on with Adam Gase and all the conflicting reports, and what ownership and the front office could be thinking at this moment, how they're going to play this strategically going forward, especially if this continues to get worse. So let's start with this, John. Chris Mortensen comes out. And he says that everybody should keep an eye on that Denver game because a change could be coming if the Jets lose on national TV. Colin Coward comes out and says the same thing. He says it was a well-placed agent. I have no idea who the agent was. Then, of course, we see reports in the opposite direction. Ian Rappaport comes out from NFL Network, and he says that there's no way Gase is getting fired no matter what happens. Connor Hughes from The Athletic comes out and says the same thing. Brian Costello of the New York Post. Chris Nimbley, our friend who's constantly on the show from JetsInsider.com, also said he had multiple sources tell him that. Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, who comes on the show all the time, said that he was also under the impression that there's no way that Gase was going to get fired. And then, of course, we know that after the game, the Jets did lose. Gase didn't get fired. And so we go back to this and wonder where these conflicting reports came from. Let's start with the reports that had Gase being a goner. Reading the tea leaves, we know that Colin Coward said it came from an agent. Could it have come from Gase's agent, Donald's agent? Curious what you think there. And then as far as Mortensen where would he have gotten something like that? Because he's very reputable. We're not talking about somebody that nobody trusts. Chris Mortensen has been one of the most reputable NFL reporters for decades. So tell me a little bit about where the gaze is definitely going to be gone if they lose to Denver leaks, we're probably coming from.
6: Some of this, and, and anybody who who follows current events and, and, and politics these days knows that coverage a lot of times is is not purely objective and and a lot of times there's wishful thinking and, and educated guessing that goes on. And, and so I think there's, there's some of that at play here. Then when you start to try to play the game of Clue and, and guess whether it was pres, uh, Professor Plum in the observatory with the lead pipe, um, that's, that's a, a fun game and uh, a fun parlor game of mine and, and others who do what, I, what we do. Um, and and I think in, in this instance you have lots of competing agendas, and who would be motivated to leak such a thing? The agent leakage is uh, analogous to in politics lobbyists and and the um, the fun they have moonlighting as um, media operatives. So uh, so in this instance, who would? say that Adam Gase is in peril. I would think that a great number of rival teams, um, uh, whether they be in division or, or people who like to look down their nose at, at uh, teams that aren't doing so well uh, or, um, or somebody who wants the job um, can, can attempt to get a reporter to bite on, some informed speculation that they heard from somebody. So how solid that is unclear. Um, But uh, there are there's a a larger universe of people who wouldn't mind um, Chris Mortensen reporting that Adam Gase was on the hot seat. Certainly the math worked. And I even, I even um, held up that possibility that, that he be let go on Friday because of the long, uh, game week to follow But um, alas no um, So I think there's any Number of people but that That leak in particular the one that Says he's on the hot Seat is not a gase Camp leak
4: So where would it have come from do you think
6: That could come from A rival team It could come from uh, You know the GM or, or some uh, Agent Connected to somebody else who doesn't wish the Jets well, or or just is gossiping for gossip's sake, um, because information is currency. You don't necessarily have to be the Buffalo Bills of the New England Patriots to want to leak on the Jets and make them look like a mess. I mean, if you if you have a little bit of informed speculation, uh, and and you think you can you could trade a scoop for some preferential treatment down the line, then you do it. So um, information, again, is currency uh, in sports and politics and, and lots of other places.
4: So, John, what about the leaks on the other end? Were they coming from the organization? Were they coming from Gase's camp? What do you think?
6: Okay, so so that's a, that's a good question and an interesting one. If the organization, and, and this is where, where um, motivations and Prerogatives um, are start to diverge um, inside the organization. Where, if it's the case that you know, no matter what, Adam Gase is gonna is gonna coach through the year, then maybe the owners um, have um, the PR team, uh, uh, you know, let the word be get out that he's staying, or they have Joe Douglas do it. but there's also an argument in in the other direction when it comes to somebody like Douglas, who doesn't want to look like a liar if if he thinks that the Johnsons may change their mind in a week or two, he, he doesn't want to look like a liar himself and doesn't want to make his bosses look capricious by saying right now Adams going nowhere, only to turn around in three weeks and you know after a couple more blowouts and and say you know just kidding he's gone um so my guess is that that douglas is enough of a wily vet to not um play this game and while they his phone's ringing off the hook and he's getting texts from everyone um asking about the future i don't think that he can give a solid answer because one he doesn't know what the owners um are going to want in two or three weeks like i mentioned. Two, he may know, but he's not going to say um, unless it is the case that it's rock solid. He's staying, um, and uh, they, he's certainly not going to break any news to anyone that they yeah, hang in there. Um, you know, don't tell anyone, but Gase is about to get fired. That's that's certainly not the case. So um, so there will be a lot of people trying to trying to get him on the phone, and there's not very much. Um, there's not very much that he can give them. So he may feel the phone call, but he's not going to be committal. He's not going to box himself in.
4: What do these leaks ultimately mean? Who do they benefit on either side? When we're talking about the leaks that came, that went into Mortensen, that went into Colin Coward, and then the reverse ones that went to the Jets beat reporters and Rappaport. Tell me a little bit about that.
6: Okay, so, so in the instance of we talked about who it maybe wasn't, certainly you can make a case that Gase, uh, more likely his agent, the Gase camp would be, uh, would be leaking that everything's fine. There's nothing to see here. Um, And of course you could take a, a non-committal conversation um, or nothing at all and say, everything's fine um, and issue yourself a clean bill of health. Um, And I've been through that myself where, (laughs) you know, where, um, where folks uh, you know were under the impression that they were safe when they were actually not um, and and they may have believed that um, or it was wishful thinking or they 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 somehow blocked out um, you know the other clues and, and chose not to read between the lines um, but uh, that that seems to me pretty clear that that's coming from an ally of Gase, um in that instance it doesn't seem like Gace himself plays a lot of media games, especially when it pertains to his own. Um, you know, he hit you can't really be your own dentist in a situation like that. <laughs> um, so it's gonna be very hard for for him to to be um involved in it. And and I again I, I don't I don't think there's any ironclad promise from the Johnsons that a Douglas is aware of that he's going to be eager to share with the media because owners can be capricious and reserve the right to change their mind at any time.
4: So what do you think the Jets thinking is handling it this way?
6: Look, losing sucks. They know what's what everyone is saying. Uh, As much as we beat up on the Johnsons, I'm sure that the losing bugs them more than anyone. Um, are they equipped to dig out of it? You know, I think I think everybody knows that it's it's been it's been a tough uh, it's been a tough uh, lifetime for most of us. Uh, and, but um, they know what everyone's saying. So so uh, you know their their, um, their job right now is to, is to root for wins and and to and clamor for hope. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there's really not much to point to, not even Sam, right? If you had Sam light the world on fire, um, but the team was thinking then, then you could say, hang in there. Um, things are, you know, changes just around the corner. But uh, unfortunately, that's not where we are.
4: Going forward, how do you think they're going to handle this? Are they just going to deflect and ignore the situation and not even bother to give it oxygen? Do you think they'll aggressively fight against it as the screams get louder and louder if the Jets continue to lose and the fans continue to be restless and the media really starts to pile on? What do you think is going to happen here?
6: There's an expression that I learned in uh, in the NFL where both sides of it work and it works for bill belichick and it works for adam gase What while a few things do and that is if you win there's nothing they can do to hurt you and if you lose there's nothing they could do to help you they of course being like the media so um if you've got nothing to cling to you've got no wins to look to and and progress to point to then then you just got to hold your nose and kind of hang in there, um, and, and try to try to write the ship. Um, but, but there, there is no, there is no path to the promised land, you know, absent success, right? They, they need to, they need some goddamn whims, you know? And, and if, if they can't, if they can't start winning, then, then there's really, there's no, Spinning this and I hate the verb Spin but like there is no You know um, whipping This into something it isn't um, It's a shit sandwich Take a bite
4: <laughs> How do you think as A comms pro that they're handling this And what would you advise them to do going forward
6: You know I have a lot of compassion For for people in this Situation um, Having gone through it and, and Having gone through some really hard, hard seasons. Um and and you recognize rather quickly it's not just that people who are close to you um are um you know struggling, uh not thriving, starting to get worried, the buzzards start circling, you're kind of what stands between the buzzards and and the um and the carcass or the soon to be carcass and, uh, and that's a really, that's the really upsetting thing. And, and, you know, these are people's livelihoods we're talking about. Um, and so of course, uh, you know, we're all guilty of, of, um, you know, treating politicians or sports figures we don't like, like they aren't people. Um, but it's, it's a really cruddy place to be. Um, and there, he's not working any less um, he's probably working more than ever. Um, and he's doing the best he can do. Um, but it's not enough, it seems. So, um, I feel terrible about not just the, you know, uh, PR guys, but, you know, but the coaching staff themselves who are, you know, try trying to do their best. Um, and it's just not happening.
4: So what would you do?
6: There's not a lot you can do, Scott. I, I mean, You've got there is nowhere to run and nowhere to hide um, when you're in the midst of a losing streak. There is a robust regimen of media access that the NFL prescribes for teams and the locker room's got to be open, uh, you know, every day. But, you know, the off day and. Then it, after games or under normal circumstances, there's conference calls. There's, there's coaches' press conferences every day. There's um, quarterback press conferences and, and, and such uh, once a week. Coordinators have to face the music every week. So there's really nowhere to run. Uh, you just got to take it uh, like a man, and, and that's really, really hard to do
2: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
2: 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Do you think that they're going to be able
4: to keep this up if the Jets continue to lose? Or do you think at some point they're going to have to relent on their promise to not fire Gase in season because it feels like if this gets to a point where maybe they're 0-8, 0-9, 0-10, maybe the heat gets to be a little too much. Am I crazy?
6: No, you're not crazy, but but um they've been through this. Uh so so they're they're um you know, this is not gonna be the first time that they've been in this type of situation, which is quite sad. Um, I don't, I mean, like somebody would have to explain to Mr. Kraft, um, what this feels like, um, while we seem to go through it every three years. Um, if not, if, if not more frequently, (laughs) so, um, yeah, it's, it's that you, you just, you just kind of try to tune it out and and hope that hope that the next game is going to result in a win and you start to build some momentum, but there's, there's really nothing to do. Do I think that they are going to be propelled to action because of billboards and skywriting? No, I mean not really. Um, You could make the argument that you know this costs them money, but like they're making tons of money, and and they know they know how bad it is. It's not like they need to be enlightened. Uh, and they know the fans are. Uh, they know the fans are upset. So yes, they know they're aware that this, the franchise is in rough shape. Yes, they're aware that that um, that uh, fans are mad um, and that there's all of this fatigue. Um, you know, where where Adam Gase was not going to have years to turn the Jets around. We're just not in that place anymore. And and just like people who bring. Baggage from previous relationships to new relationships. I think we as a bunch are, are are fairly damaged, and and this is this is part of the reason why this job is not as attractive uh, as you wish it would be, right? And and you could you could make the case that uh, hey, it's New York and it's an NFL job, but. I've said over and over again, uh, not just with regard to the Jets, but to the Washington football team and and some other franchises. You could say this about Cleveland as well, that um, you hit the reset button every year or two, uh, nobody's going to want that job. And, you know, yeah, are you supposed to, like, deal with your problems and and fire the bums? Yeah, I, I totally get that. But just understand, uh, because it's not it's, – that side of the coin is not discussed nearly enough, which is what, do you, what does it look like to people on the outside when you are resetting every two years uh, quarterback, head coach, GM, quarterback, head coach, GM? And, you know, look at, look at all the of head coaches that like Jimmy Haslam has run off in Cleveland like forget our team, right? We're emotionally invested and maybe we can't see straight, but like we laugh at them, right? People around here laugh at Washington and, 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 and the turnover they have there amongst staff and coaching and front office and whatnot. And, and, you know, if you can acknowledge it with these other guys, then, then, you know, maybe it's a little bit easier to kind of then say, Hey, Uh, are we closer to these guys or are we closer to the, you know, the Ravens, the Steelers, uh, you know, the, the storied franchises in the NFL. I I think it's pretty clear uh, where, where we are, what zip code we're in and it's not the high rent district. So, so yeah, there it's, it's a, it's a really, really um, rough spot that they're in, but I don't think that they're, they're going to like pull over on the side of the road and start weeping when they see a bill. More, they're used to this by now.
4: Do you think there'd be more heat on the team if there were fans in attendance for these games? Because if that was the case, obviously they can make their presence felt with loud chants, and of course they could do what they did in 1996 with Rich Cotite, where at the end of the season they no showed and made a statement that way, where the stands were practically empty. Do you think that they're helped out in this situation by the fact that fans aren't allowed in the building?
6: Maybe. I mean, you know, there are people in Washington coming off of a World Series uh, victory for the Nationals last year who viewed this uh, COVID 2020 season as as not a real season, a fake season. And so, you know, they they said, well, why why invest? This isn't like real. Um, So could. Could an owner say, "Hey, let's not spend that extra money in free agency this year. It's not a real season. It's just a matter of time before the season either loses its legitimacy or it gets, you know, canceled or something. God forbid." Um, but you know, yeah, I, 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 I think there's there's some legitimacy to that. Um, but but as we all know, being home for the past six months is more time to stew. It's more time to read Twitter. So, um, I, you could probably make an argument in the opposite direction a little bit, but I'd, I'd say on the whole, you're, you're right.
4: John, I love it when you say I'm right about something. So perfect way to end the conversation. John Grella of yeah. Protean Public Affairs. Thank you so much for coming on as always really appreciate it. I love the fact that you come on here and you're our secret decoder ring into this world behind the scenes of professional football from a PR and coms standpoint. I know you've got your own podcast now. I know that you're working on a bunch of projects. I know that you're on Twitter. You're active. People can get a hold of you there. Talk about what you're working on and how people can contact you.
6: Sure. I appreciate the opportunity, Scott. So Protean Public Affairs, as you've mentioned, ProteanPublicAffairs.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, Protean has its own uh, Twitter account, as does my um, solo operation, JAG Public Affairs. But at Jonathan Grella is me. That's where I talk about jet stuff um and uh yeah it's, it's these are these are some interesting times that we're in um whether it's politics or, spo- or or sports which uh leads us to the podcast which is called the politics of sport um sport of politics podcast so um #pospod or pospod, um and my friend Jeff uh and I um uh, have worked together and known each other for a very long time uh, and uh, and we we talk to very interesting people in the political realm, and we talk to them about, about their career paths. We talk to them about sports. We talk talk about the the ever growing intersection between politics and sport, uh, and all that fun stuff. And and you know, we have the occasional um, sports or media figure too. Um, so check it out. Um, we're in all the major uh, podcasts podcast stores so uh, appreciate the opportunity to plug Scott
4: before we head out let's check in with our buddy Charlie Campbell over at WalterFootball.com and get an NFL draft update the Jets are going to have two first round picks in this draft and right now as you know they're 0-4 so we got to look at the light at the end of the tunnel and see who might be in play for the Jets in the draft in april next year charlie tell us about who upped their stock this weekend welcome to the show my man
5: thanks scott so this week in college football we saw uh once again some wide receivers really impress uh, and help themselves in terms of the nfl draft but even before the game last week I surveyed a bunch of team sources about the Alabama receiving duo of Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith because, like I feel with the draft, my opinion of players as an analyst is borderline irrelevant. What matters is what NFL teams think of these guys and where they're grading them. So I reach out to them to get an accurate projection where they think these guys will end up going and where they're grading them so now with the Alabama receiving duo looks like we could have another year with two Alabama wideouts in the first round teams were really high on Jalen Waddell the speedster wide receiver uh, some felt that he needed to become more of a polished receiver and less of a gadget player this year as a junior um, but he averaged 17 and 18 yards per catch as a freshman and sophomore backup and this year we're seeing him become that more polished receiver in terms of route running, hands, and just playing with more nuance. So uh, some team sources compared him to Tyreek Hill. They think he can be that kind of playmaker in the NFL. Some have him believe he could go top 16 next April, but all seven thought he would be a first rounder because he's just an explosive playmaker. So at this point, he might not get to that second first round pick for the Jets, but maybe. Well, it We'll see as the season progresses. Another guy that could be in the mix for that pick is Devontae Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama. Uh, From the seven teams I spoke with, they thought he was most likely to be a first round pick. They graded him as a first or late first, early second round pick, a few said, Um, but they love him as a football player. They say this guy is just a pure football player. They love the route running, reliable hands, yard after the catch skills, um, just Excellent polished receiver in terms of his development. The only reason why he's lower as a potential late one, early two, is because he's very thin, only listed at 175. So he needs to gain some weight for the NFL. But definitely he's a guy that could hit the ground running because of the polish that he plays with. And now in terms of a couple guys going down, uh, if the Jets were to kind of rally and win more games down the stretch to miss out on Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, I think stock down-wise, Sam Ellinger, quarterback at Texas, Kellen Mond, Texas a those two guys are just too inconsistent and streaky in terms of pocket-passing ability. Makes them more of mid-round backup type, so I really wouldn't look at them as kind of that second-round option if they miss out on the first-round guys as second-rounders to come in and compete with Sam Darnold. I don't think Ellinger or Mond have really shown that here in the early going of 2020 we'll see if they turn it around but at this point i wouldn't say that so that's your walter football weekly stock report we'll be back with you next week
4: Thanks, Charlie, and thank you for listening. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, it doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnontheJets.com.